You're listening to the Tamar Yono Show here at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. And we are live. If you're listening to us on Sunday, the 11th of February, between the hour of 4 to 5 p.m., holy time right here in the land of Israel, or if it's between 9 to 10 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time, that means that we are live and you can call in and join us on the air and comment or uh, if you have a comment or a question on the topics that we're talking about, you can call in and weigh in on the issue. You don't have to agree with us. We are respectful and we will listen to other people's opinions. And guess what? We won't get offended. (laughs) Okay. Uh, As my wise mother always used to say, if everybody thought the same, we'd only need one person in the world. And that's my wise mother. God bless her soul. All right. We are going to be talking about the mythological Palestinian authority, neither Palestinian nor an authority. So then what is it? Also, the secret of the Biden Inflation Reduction Act. What's that about? As well, we're going to be speaking about the fraudulent case against violent settlers, also Evergrande knock-on effects, and the Palestinians have only one goal in life, and that is to destroy the Jewish people. I didn't say that. That is a quote from someone else, and we're going to find out who, and we'll discuss that as well. Our guest, uh, or our weekly guest, I should say, and co-host of the show here is Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. He is a researcher, former lecturer at Ben-Gurion University. He's authored over 90 books, and I should live that long night, (laughs) and 400 research papers on science, history, and more. And I want to welcome to the show Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. Thank you. All right. Before we go into this, I want to just read out a few headlines here. And I'm reading from Arutsheva, IsraelNationalNews.com. Here's an interesting one. And I love this uh, commentator. He's on Israel's Channel 13 News. It's in Hebrew. You can watch it over the internet. But again, it's in Hebrew. I'm just warning everybody. And his name is Tzvi Yecheskeli. I'm gaga over him. And he says uh, here that... uh, that uh, Israel should take military action in Rafah despite international criticism. Now, for anybody who doesn't know, Rafah Rafah is in the Gaza Strip. It's on the border, the southern border between uh, Egypt and Gaza. And, uh, of course, Israel's right on massaging those borders as well. And he says, quote, I see all the messages from the, from the Europeans. Rafah, be careful. They don't want us to win. He says, Egypt doesn't want Israel to win. Qatar doesn't want Israel to win. And I doubt if the United States, uh, he means the Biden administration, wants us to win. He said in an interview with 103 FM, that's a radio station, a Hebrew radio station here in Israel. Uh, If you want to go look at that article, you can go to Rutsheva. Another headline very quickly here, and that is that there is a cabinet meeting on Sunday. That's today. In the morning, as usual, they have cabinet meetings on Sundays, and uh, IDF Chief of Staff Herzi Halevi updated the ministers, the the ministers in in the cabinet here in Israel, on a change in the rules of engagement. National Security Minister Itamar Ben Gvir told Halevi, "Quote: You know how our enemies work; they constantly gnaw." at our defenses. You know them. They will try us. They'll send women. They'll send children who are in the who in the end will turn out to be terrorists. So this is what they do. I just want everybody to imagine you have a border, you have a security fence, you have an area by the security fence that's supposed to be a no man's land where these Arabs are not supposed to approach the fence. And they constantly test us. They, they send kids there. They send women there in order to go to the fence until they finally cut through the fence and that's it. And so he says there needs to be an open fire regulation for our soldiers to be able to shoot anybody. No one has business being there. If you if there's a kid there or there's a woman there, they're only there for trouble. They're only there because a terrorist sent them there or they are terrorists themselves and are uh, taking part in this cause. And uh, there's a big debate about this still, but I think that almost any uh, self-defending country would has these same orders. 
except for the United States' southern border now. That's totally eroded, but that's a different show. Okay. Also, a terrorist was released in a hostage deal, uh, was arrested. Guess what? A Hamas-affiliated female terrorist was released as part of the November deal, and she was arrested again now while attempting to enter Israel using a stolen Israeli ID. These terrorists that are released do not go back to be uh, to change their ways and live peaceful lives. They continue to be terrorists. You can go read about that on Arutsheva. And the last article I, or headline I want to read here is the massacre that changed everything. And that is October 7th. And we have residents of Kibbutz near Oz. And they, for everyone who should know, they are a very left-wing uh, um, kibbutz. They, they had believed in the uh, expulsion of Jews from Gush Katif. They want to make a two-state solution. They feel that the, we, we only have to be better to the Arabs and then they'll love us. And now, guess what? After an, uh, an interview with them on, from the Wall Street Journal, quote, this is what they're saying, quote, we have lost trust in the Palestinians. This is the end of this two-state solution and a disillusionment of a possible future between Palestinians and Israelis in the region. And again, these are the voices that were heard at Kibbutz near Oz, as quoted in an interview with the Wall Street Journal. And uh, we are going to probably touch on that on the show as well today. So Dr. Mordechai Ben Menachem, the first topic, the mythological Palestinian authority. I have to make a few very brief comments on what you just read out. Please. Um, first of all, Svi uh, Cheskeli, uh, people need to know that this is a gentleman who is entirely fluent in Arabic, and he his commentaries are always about the Arab street, about what's happening with Arabs themselves. He is a uh, a, 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 a brilliant comment, commentator. He not only knows things, but he knows them very, very well. And he also expresses himself very well. Okay, I'm, I'm going to make a comment on top of your comment and say not only does he speak fluent Arabic, but he has infiltrated into mosques in Europe, yes. posing as a, an uh, Islamist, in order to be able to hear what they're saying uh, in the mosques in Europe. And he came out with this whole documentary. And Europeans, well, I'm sure you're already aware of it, but beware. Okay. Yeah, he, he, the man is very, very good, very skilled. Um, uh, what was the second thing about, about the the question of the fence? Uh, I, I agree in, conceptually with what Ben Gvir is saying there. There's a legal problem there. I'm not a legal scholar. I don't claim to understand it. I know that this has been brought up in the past, and the courts shot it down. What was the background to that? Again, I don't understand enough of legalities to comment on that but i but i know the the facts of the of the of the, of the issue that this is not this is not a new idea it's been expressed in the past i can say my personal experience when i fought in gaza uh uh uh, uh 54 years ago um uh, uh the same thing was happening at that time that we would be going down the streets and and and, a, and like a jeep or a command car or something and suddenly very suddenly you'd have a thousand children showing rocks. And one of those rocks would be a head grenade. So what do you do? And, and there's, no, there's no easy answer to that. What, what do you mean there's no easy answer to that? What do you mean what do you do? What do you do when someone throws a grenade at you? Look. You open no fire. No, what is no, the question here? No, Mortify. No, there's, there is no easy answer. Nobody's going to stand there with a machine gun and shoot, and, and shoot a thousand children. That... There is no easy answer. Mordechai, if say. someone throws a grenade at you, you open fire, period. There's no question. Is. There are thousand children there. What are you going to do? Open fire on all of them? You know what? That's what they do purposely because they know that we won't want to do it. So that's why no, they do it. Not, <laughs> I'm hitting my head. Folks, I'm hitting my head right now. This is exactly what they do because they, they play on our humanity. But you have to speak the language of your enemy. And if you cannot let them get away with this because our population, we have to care more about our children. There's no question in my mind what you have to do, Mordechai. Look, 
I, I said there is no easy answer, and there isn't. And, and if you say that, well, you just open fire, sure, all thousand of them. That's not going to happen ever. That's I, I disagree. Well, I disagree with the with this whole idea that has been ingrained in us of moral. Uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, purity of arms, and that we're more moral than they are, and we we're not like they are. It's wrong. No normal human being is going to shoot a thousand children. For, for 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 because you don't know what's going on. It, it's not going to happen. I disagree with you. I think that no normal it's human being wouldn't shoot at them. That's throwing a grenade at you. That's what I think. But let's well, okay. let's move on because we can argue this all day. It's not going to happen in real life. Do you see, folks, how we are? Well, we can hear different well, uh, uh, sides well, of uh, well, an argument, and we don't go crazy. Was, was we would shoot over their heads, and they would all be and they would all run 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 and hide. But you don't shoot. You don't shoot, shoot to kill a thousand children. That's not going to happen. It's not. It's not. It's not. Even, it's not even a subject that that's, that's, that we're capable of discussing. If a th- I'm if if a thousand, I'm saying that if someone is throwing a grenade, I'm not talking about a thousand children. However, if a thousand people, and wait a second, if a thousand people are throwing a grenade at you, then you have to do what you have to do in order to protect your people. I, I define. Tomorrow, I define things well. I said you're going down the street in a in a in a, in a vehicle, and suddenly there's a demonstration with a thousand children throwing stones, and one of those stones is a it's a hand grenade. There are no easy answers. The, life is difficult. Life is complex. You can't just say, "Oh, well, shoot them all and the hell with." I didn't say That's shoot them all. I did not say that. I said if someone throws a grenade at you, you open but fire. You That's what I said. You don't know who it is. There are a thousand children. Okay. Let's move on. I think we both made our points. What what was your third item? I forget what you said, the the third item. Uh, I don't know. (laughs) I think I was having too much fun arguing with you. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, you you read out three items. I forget what the third one was. Three items? Oh, Oh, okay. Uh, so there was Ben Gvir saying to open fire, and then there was a hostage. Then there was a terrorist that was released in November, and now she yeah, was arrested okay. again. Yeah. Okay. So, and and, and we, we need to, we need to just comment on that. That that is extraordinarily uh, common, and of course the 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 the, um, uh, the best or worst, whatever hell what you want to say, it, example of that is Simar himself, who is exactly exactly that. He was in prison for for many years. And as soon as he got out of prison in a in a wholly asinine prisoner exchange, where we gave up uh, one thousand twenty prisoners for one from one soldier, that was Gilad Shalit. Totally ridiculous uh, 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 deal that was made. Um, and he went immediately to become one of the heads of, of Hamas, and so he is the the head of the of Hamas in, in Gaza. And, and, and was planning war. the October 7th massacre. Yes, yes, he's the instigator of, the, of okay. this entire war and everything else, blah, 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 etc. I mean, but this is extraordinarily common. This is, it's very uncommon. It's not unknown. It's uncommon for these people to be reformed after having, having gotten out of prison. We, there are some examples of, of Palestinians that have become actually fantastic people and some of them have converted i know of some that have converted to judaism some that have converted to catholicism and etc etc i mean a lot of this does happen but it's rare unfortunately unfortunately and if i can just stick something else in here since you're talking about it i you know i i uh lead a class in tanakh which is of the bible and we're reading the book of Joshua, Joshua right now. And a person can ask, wow, you know, it's like so hard for us to accept that, you know, Joshua goes in there and he gets rid of all of these Canaanites that are living there. You know, it's like, it's just so against us to, to have to like stomach this, you know, that he has to go in there and, and get rid of them all. But, but uh, the, our sages say that God doesn't make anybody evil. It's a choice that people make. And these Canaanites that were living in Canaan, Canaan uh, that was promised to Abraham, our, our forefather, and they knew it, by the way. And we, when we came in, before we, we came into the land of Israel, which was called Canaan at that time, uh, Joshua sent out letters telling everybody, listen, we're coming in now to, to take our inheritance. You have three choices. You can either leave and go someplace else, go to New York, London, Paris, and have a nice life. I'm making a joke here when I say those cities. But you can go somewhere else 
and make a nice life somewhere else. Or you can stay here, you can stay in your homes, you can stay with your businesses and live a nice life, but you have to give up your evil ways. You have to give up throwing your children into fires and sacrificing them for your uh, pagan gods. You have to become basically, accept the seven laws of Noah. You have to pay taxes because we're going to be building roads and, and having an army to protect everybody. And, you know, there are things that everybody has to pay for. We all have to pitch in together. So that's what you could do. Or you can stay and you can fight us, not want to give up your evil ways and you can fight us, but we're letting you know you're going to lose. And that's what happened. So anybody who stayed in Canaan, uh, was basically saying, we want to fight you because we don't want to be holy Er, we don't want to give up our evil ways of our, and we're talking not just about killing your kids like they do in Gaza. They strap bombs to their kids and blow them up. Uh, but they had all sorts of sexual promiscuity, all these sick stuff, sick uh, um, uh, ideologies. And they didn't want to give it up, but they could. And they had that choice. So, I just wanted to put that in there for everybody. And go ahead, Dr. Morchai Ben-Menachem. Well, one other minor point of so what you're talking about here, um, people are people think of the Canaanites as being aboriginal. They were not. They arrived at the same time as Abraham. When Abraham came, came to the country, that's when they arrived also. They were not the aboriginal settlers either. All right. And people should remember that Abraham was born while Noah from Noah's, Noah and the Ark, was still alive, and everybody was in one place, and we're talking about the Tower of, Tower of Babel, and after that, there was a disbursement, and, and, and Abraham was alive during that time. So go ahead, yes. so that just proves your point. Okay. 54, 54 years of, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, how do you say it in English, Khatifa, of, uh, when they were both alive. Yes, uh, and, when their uh, lives uh, intertwined or... or... 50, 54 years in common. Okay. Anyway. So let's talk about the so-called Palestinian Authority, which is neither, as I said, neither Palestinian nor an authority. Okay. Yes. So, you know, like so one of the big questions that everybody seems to be talking about: What's next after the war? Well, let's think. Let's give that a little bit of thought for one moment here. Well, Hamas hates the Palestinian Authority, and the Palestinian Authority hates Hamas. I remind everybody that um, when Hamas took over the Gaza Strip one year after. The Palestinian Authority took over the Gaza Strip from from Israel one year exactly. Um, the first thing they did was they murdered all people that were con- in any way connected to the Palestinian Authority. Most of them they threw off buildings, but but they all but they killed all of them. They did not leave a single one alive. So the, Hamas hates the Palestinian Authority. Palestinian Authority hates Hamas. They both hate the the Palestinian Islamic Jihad, Hamas Qatar. And Hamas Gaza mutually hate each other. People from Jenin hate the people in Hebron. People in Hebron hate the people from Tukaram. Tukaram hates the people in Gaza. Everyone from Gibraltar to Persia hates Gaza. Everybody. There's nobody in all of the Middle East that likes the people from Gaza. Remember what happened in 1991 when Saddam Hussein went into Kuwait, and there were almost half a million so-called Palestinians working there in Kuwait. They sided with Saddam Hussein. When, when, uh, uh, um, when Saddam Hussein was defeated and, and ex- uh, expelled from Kuwait, they were expelled as well. In the Middle East, hate means one thing and one thing only. Kill, kill, kill. Since the time of Al-Husseini, in other words, we're talking about the, the, the early 20s of the, of the previous century, right? Arabs of the land of Israel were certain the entire Muslim world would unite for Al-Aqsa and against Jews. And actually worked for a little while. I mean, but it, it broke down completely in, in 1973 with the, with the Yom Kippur War. Biden Blinken still called for the Palestinian Authority to rule Gaza. Except they despise utterly both the Gazans and the concept of democracy. Nobody there wants the Palestinian Authority to rule Gaza. Certainly no Gazan wants them in there. That's why they were thrown out to begin with. As I said, they already tried that, and all of them are dead. It's not just they failed, they're dead. 
That, does Biden and Blinken, do they, do they actually understand the word dead? I mean, the Palestinian Authority would have to be utterly morons to even attempt to rule in Gaza today. They will all be dead. It's re- really a, a fascinating subject, why, why the Americans, American maladministration continues to ins- insist upon this utterly obnoxious and ridiculous idea. Nobody wants these so-called leaders, not even themselves. I think it's because they want Israel to be weak. Yes, of course. But, okay. I mean, but, 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 but they, they, can, they can propose a lot of things to make Israel weak, not something which is absolutely absurd. You don't have to be a stupid to, to make Israel weak. <laughs> there are all sorts of things that they can do. Why propose something that anybody with a brain knows will fail immediately, won't, won't last weeks? Okay. <laughs> so Rajub just claimed that Hamas in Qatar, and remember Hamas in Qatar and Hamas in Gaza are not the same organization. They, ha- they share the name. That is all that they share. The Hamas Qatar, they're all billionaires. And the, uh, the, the leaders of Hamas in Gaza, um, poor people, you know, Poor unfortunates there, they're only millionaires. They're not, they're not billionaires. So they don't like one another. So uh, uh, Rajub just claimed he's the number two man in the Palestinian Authority. Just claimed that Hamas Qatar is willing to make nice and be and join the Palestinian Authority. Nonsense. He can make that claim all he wants. It'll never happen. Every Pali leader, while they all love to hate, are all kleptomaniacs willing and eager to sacrifice untold quantities of Arabs for their own enrichment. Remember, a fourth of all Hamas rockets shot from Gaza land in Gaza, killing their own people. A fourth of all rockets shot from Gaza. So they, they, And of course, they know this very well while they're killing their own people. They know that they're doing that. Okay. Yeah, but then All they blame they really Israel. All they care about is their own enrichment. Arafat did it. Abu Mazen and Rajub did it. Mashal Hania Sinwar Mazuk all did it. They're all worth billions of dollars. All of that money is stolen. And it's stolen from the morons that call themselves Europeans and the idiots in America that still supply this money to, to the so-called um, uh, uh, Palestinian Authority or the or the Hamas or whatever, it all it almost always gets stolen. The Palestinian Authority, people understand, need to understand, it's it is itself made up of twelve separate factions or groups. It is not a it is not a, a a unit, in any sense of the way. It's not a political party. It's not a political entity. It itself, the Palestinian Authority, is made up of twelve separate organizations. Hamas is composed of many as well. All of these organizations are viewed as corrupt by the Arab street, but the West has never allowed honesty to interfere with their agenda. Hamas Qatar steals billions. Hamas Gaza steals flour, sugar, and cooking oil, a lot of it, 70,000 tons since the war began, has been stolen by Hamas in Gaza. 70 thousand tons have been stolen by Hamas. Okay. <laughs> and unbelievable. People still cry that we don't allow enough humanitarian aid to go in there. The Gazans are starving. Yes, they're starving because Hamas is stealing their food. Details, details. <laughs> it all goes to UNRWA and UNRWA is a branch of Hamas. Again, UNRWA is the United Nations branch of Hamas. 90% of the people employed by UNRWA, of the Arabs that are employed by UNRWA, are members of Hamas. 90%, the, the The head of UNRWA just came out with an article, I think it was today or yesterday, what was it, that said... He wasn't, the UNRWA was not aware that there were tunnels and, and, and Hamas installations underneath their installations. I mean, either he's a total moron or he's a liar because we have found, and this is not an exaggeration, that every single UNRWA installation, a school, a clinic, anything owned by UNRWA had 
tunnels underneath it. Every single one, not a single, they didn't skip one of them. Only the U.S., the U.K., and the EU are still dumb enough to continue, to, uh, to continue this farce. Right. All the Gulf states are completely fed up with these klepto-murderous morons. Nobody wants them anymore. So I, I want to I really, this that sinks into our listeners that, that Israel has found all of these tunnels under UNRWA's main headquarters in Gaza. No, not only main headquarters, every UNRWA installation, every single one of them, schools, kindergartens, clinics, every hospitals. Yes, but uh, this is but this is international UNRWA. The the hospitals, you can say, well, those were, you know, uh, owned, you know, they were owned and run by local residents in Gaza. But no, uh, this is by, by they're all owned by the United Okay, I don't know. I lost you again, Dr. Mordechai Ben Menachem. Let's see if I can get him back. Mordechai? I don't hear Mordechai. Okay, uh, in the meantime, let's take a caller. Hi there, caller. What is your name? Where are you calling from? Antonio. Antonio, hi. How are you doing? Hi, I'm okay. How are you? Good. Um... One of the reasons, I think, two of the reasons, I think Biden and Belkin, or Birkin, whatever his name is, are against Israel because this, they have intention for the legacy, the ego. And that's why it's pushing for this um, ceasefire and so forth. And I truly feel in my heart that uh, Secretary of State, who is Jewish, he is a self-hating Jew, period. And Biden, he is a mess. We all know that, the evil man. And I feel that Israel should not listen to any other country, should safeguard its, itself, its people, and do what is right. And for your comment earlier regarding the, regarding the thousand individuals, children, and so forth, Hashem, had, God has said to destroy Amalek. So, meaning that kids mom, father, whoever, animals, destroy. If they're going to make war against Israel to destroy Israel because it's, it's a Jewish um, state, it should be done. No exception. So basically, if I heard you right, you're saying that the Biden administration wants to push the uh, the hostage deal because... He wants to make a legacy for himself that he was able to free yeah. these hostages. I th- I think it's a lot well, more to it. You may be right, more Antonio. To it, but his ego. I'm sorry. His ego is the, is the biggest thing. Ego and legacy. That's what they're looking at. And they also would like to cripple Israel and want to replace um, God from this universe, from this world. So by doing that, they're going to do anything necessary by pushing their global democracy all over the world and so forth. And their agenda is just very, it's, it's an evil agenda. How can you have a country and have a country in war and you tell us the, the individuals to, you know, cease fire? I mean, that's absurd. I have never heard that in history. Yeah, it's because, I, I, I believe it's because they want they don't want Israel to win the war, and you have to keep exactly. you have to keep this evil entity alive. And how do you do that by making a ceasefire so they can revive themselves and regroup and and rearm and uh, and relocate themselves so they can't be trapped or found and they can make further attacks on Israel. Uh, Doctor Mordechai, just... sorry, just a second, Doctor Mordechai Ben Menachem, are you back with us? Yes, I am. Okay, great. All right, so uh, continue, Antonio. You made a comment, rearm, and what do they get from rearming? Money. Money. Money is the factor behind this. Evilness, money, and want to be to look as, you know, although I love the United States and all that, but the United States has a, a sharp issue. And has a what issue? Sorry? It. Has a what issue? It's sharp issues, problems. Ah, uh. Okay, well, you know, America, America is a wonderful country, but it's, it's under attack from the left globalists, and they want to destroy it. 
and they're doing a good job yeah. at it. So what can I say? It's a pity because, yeah. you know, we all love America. It's an amazing, amazing <laughs> enterprise and, and country and, and people. And, but uh, we're seeing the demise. We're seeing the fall of an empire. It's very, very sad to see. But see, one that the most um, important fact you fail to realize is called Measure for Measure, with Hashem put into motion. And so all these different countries and nations want to push Israel to have an open border and so forth, which means they lose their identity. Now, all of a sudden, you've got an invasion of different people coming into different countries, and the same thing is happening. Well, they listen, they opened their borders in Europe, and they've got uh, infiltration, I shouldn't say infiltration, but they've got a huge mass migration into, the, into them of Islamists, and it's changed the character of Europe, and the United States has opened its southern borders, and <laughs> English is, is barely its, its uh, official language anymore, um, and, and now, uh, but, but this is globalism, they, they don't want borders. So it's a very interesting mm-hmm. uh, comment that you're making. Mordechai, do you want to comment on what Antonio is saying? Well, I mean, he's right on the basic facts, but I, I'll only differ with him on one small point. He said money, and of course that is correct. But at this point in, in, in 2024, I would say money and the re-election of Biden to re- retain control over the money. God forbid this man ever get back into power, Mike. God, I mean, who would vote this man anyway? That's a different topic. That's a different topic for another day. But I pray and continue praying that people, Hashem, open up people's eyes and make the decision between life and death. And, yeah, and and light and darkness. And light and darkness. Mm -hmm. I mean, thank you so much for your call, Antonio. Really appreciate it. Okay, talk. I love it when you call in. Thank you. All right. Mark, yes, uh, you said it very well before um, that we always need to remember that all of these evil inclinations, whatever they are, whether you're talking about today or you're talking about 5,000 years ago, they're a human choice, not from the shame. Hashem doesn't make the evil. It's only us that makes it. Yeah, Hashem is God, we by the way. We all have a choice the to do the right thing. This is true. All right. Uh, we have a lot of topics. Let's, let's maybe go to the next one. Okay, the, 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 the Biden's Inflation Reduction Act. <clears throat> I, I love that name. It's such a, such a, such a lovely name that they, that they, that they gave it. And it's, a, it's such a total farce. It's phenomenal. Okay, so um, one of the deep secrets of the Biden maladministration's Inflation Reduction Act was to very significantly enhance U.S. vulnerability. As a result of this, of this legislation, all U.S. electric grids have and or are installing, have installed or are installing wind and solar at very high levels of unreliability. Again, people aren't aware of this. So I'm going to drop for a moment into a little bit of technicalities. People who aren't really technical, you might have to bear with me a bit. But if you, if you can't understand a little bit about electricity, let me try to explain something simply when we're talking about traditional electric generators, there's a concept called latency. So even when there's a breakdown in the system, latency in the generators, inertia, inertial latency in the generators provides for a, a bridge uh, uh, over the, uh, over the uh, um, uh, problems that occur on a grid, and problems invariably occur, that are, that are, that, that are, are short duration. So you have a problem that takes a few seconds to write itself or if even a few moments that the, the latency in the system uh, uh, bridges over it and you don't have a, have a problem other than uh, uh, technical issues. However, when you, when you talk about wind and solar, they work from something that's called an inverter. Inverters do not have latency. So the first effect that we see with massive uh, 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 installations of solar and wind is that we see a very large quantity, a very great, uh, 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 an enormous spike in the number of system outages, of the number of times that the grid goes down partially or completely. And that is the main um, reliability measurement of a grid is the number of what's called outages, the a quantity and frequency of outages. So the first thing that happens with 
grids that become more as they become more a lot more reliant on solar and and or wind is their reliability drops precipitously every untoward external event causes major system outages everybody saw what happened last winter in texas just because it was unusually cold major portions of the grid went down because they were relying on wind and wind doesn't work well in cold weather neither does solar of course because it's very cold and you don't really have sun right so people need to understand what the a real objective of the inflation reduction act was it was to increase unreliability of the electric grid around america now someone like counter that and say well that wasn't that was a that was a, a knock-on effect they didn't really expect that they didn't know what that was going on they were warned they knew exactly what they were doing these things have been well documented now for for at least 50 years five decades it should be now, their job to know anyway <laughs> sorry it should be their job to know yeah obviously yes but i'm saying even if it's not the people in that are that are in the uh, um electric industry the people in the um uh, what is it called in america the department of energy i think it's called these are professionals they do know this this is stuff that i taught in university decades ago so then what are you Many saying that they sabotage themselves ago. is that what you're saying absolutely there's absolutely no doubt that it was intentional. And the I reason? I don't know if the word sabotage is appropriate The motive? Here, but I, there's the motive. no doubt that they knew that they were causing uh, 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 a, a very significant spike in unreliability. What is the, what is the motive? I, I, you want me to read the, their, their, their hearts? I can't read their hearts. Well, just put two I, and two together. What, what would be their I motive? I don't know what happens. I know the facts. Why would anyone want the electric grid of the United States to be less reliable? If they're trying to destroy the United States. That's okay. the only thing I can think of. Okay. Maybe I don't. I, again, I, I'm taking the, the scientist side here. Scientists, all I look at is what happened. I look at the facts. I don't look at um, things that are amorphous that I don't know how to define. All right, so we will leave this in the laps of our listeners. They can make their own decision what they Okay, but let me just think. complete this, this, this issue with one other item. How does this relate, the, the Inflation Reduction Act, how does this relate to the Middle East? Okay. <laughs> Again, people, everybody tends to think in silos, but very few things, and certainly not the energy industry, are in silos these days. Everything is in some at some level has global effects. So what happens? <clears throat> okay, so Iran just attacked a Tower 22 and killed three um, Americans. And Iran has been attacking in the in the uh, Bab al-Mandeb area uh, from Yemen. And Iran has been attacking the United States uh, forces throughout Syria and um, uh, and Iraq for for uh, for years now. And everybody's saying, well, why did it take Biden an entire week before he reacted to that? I'll tell you why. It Iran knows that it can and does blackmail Biden. If he attacks Iran between now and November, the price of oil will skyrocket. No president in American history has ever been reelected with an approval rating below 40 percent. Biden's is at 35 percent. Harris is below 30%. The key to re-election for Biden right now sits in Tehran. What do you think that he's being blackmailed about? Oh, I think that's very obvious. By the way, I'm, I'm, it's, not me that, it's not me that originated this thought. I, I heard this today from none other than Jack Keane, a former uh, uh, vice chairman of the chief of staff of the, of the American Army, a four-star general. And he said that Biden is being blackmailed by Iran. It's very obvious. Iran right now can kill Americans with impunity because Biden basically, if he does anything, if he, if he acts correctly, the, the, look, let, 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 let me rephrase that. Thinking logically for a moment, 
the logical reaction to the killing of the three service members at least should have been to totally take out Karg Island. Karg Island is the primary transshipment point for Iranian oil. 90% of Iranian oil goes to China. So that, by taking out Karg Island, you punish both Iran and China, both of them, both of whom are um, uh, 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 opponents of, of the United States today. Biden decided not to do that. What did he decide to do? He decided to bomb targets that have already been bombed tens of times, and there's nothing there. He's bombing sand. Why did he do that? Did he do that because the entire um, uh, 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 United States Army is composed of people who are unintelligent, don't know what they're doing? I don't, I don't quite accept that. All right. But so Biden is the chief of staff. Okay, the, so uh, if you don't accept it, so what do you think? Common sense, what do you think? I think he's being, I, 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 I saw that. He's being, be, being blackmailed by Tehran. About what? Being blackmailed about what? If you want to get reelected, you will keep your hands off of us and we will continue to do what we're doing. You Very think tough. he's actually going to run? Sorry? Do you think he's actually going to run again? Oh, that's a very interesting question. My personal opinion, and I have no facts to support this essentially, is that at some point the Democratic Party um, is going to wake up and say, hey, guys, we have a real problem here. This guy is not electable. But that's just my opinion. And then switch Reno for Michelle Obama or Hillary Clinton. No, I don't think or, Michelle Obama is, is, or, has any chance of winning. I don't, I don't. Michelle Obama hates politics. She always has. So I don't think it's very, I think it's, the only way Michelle, Michelle Obama would possibly run is if she's absolutely assured of winning. And I don't think even the Democrats, despite their um, amazing honesty in the previous elections, <laughs> uh, uh, can can promise her that, that she's absolutely assured of winning. Well, you know what they say, it's not who votes, it's who counts the votes. But we'll, we'll leave that say, right yes, there. It's the other Joe that said that, actually. <laughs> We're we're running out of time, and I want to uh, go on to the next topic. Okay, the, the issue of the of the case against the violent settlers, quote unquote violent settlers. Yes, you know, I, I'm I'm sorry, I have a hard time discussing this subject without chuckling. It's so it's so phenomenal. Um, uh, let's just um, a word of background here: 165 countries recognize Israel around the world. 28 countries do not. In the past 12 months, 13 Israelis were murdered by Palestinians in Jerusalem and 17 in the West Bank, not counting those slaughtered on October 7th. Okay? So that, that's a little bit of background. So how are these so-called violent settlers, how is this counted? <laughs> Nobody, nobody's aware of this. There's an organization, um, uh, 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 United Nations Office for the coordination of humanitarian affairs in the occupied Palestinian territory. Okay, that's the name of this organization, this office as part of the United Nations. UN Office for the Coordination of Humanitarian Affairs in the Occupied Palestinian Territory. The organization counts every violent event in, Ju in Judea and Samaria as an act of violence against Palestinians. In other words, if, uh, 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 if a Palestinian knifes an Israeli, that is an act of violence against, uh, 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 resistance uh, involving a, 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 a violent settler. Mm. Yeah, that's, they, they call it resistance. He's just resisting. Yeah. So what they do is, no matter who initiated the violence, if a Jew initiated it or an Arab initiated it, it is violence involving settlers. All violence involving settlers are counted one-dimensionally. Again, you don't believe me? Well, you can go to the site and you can actually read it. Okay? Just to give a, a couple of really quick examples, Abd al-Karim Badi, a 21-year-old, 20 was shot by an Israeli settler after entering the settlement armed with knives and explosive devices. Okay? That's Israeli settler violence. A uh, 42-year-old uh, uh, Tarek Yusuf Ma'ali was shot by an Israeli settler after trying to stab the same settler in a field. That's settler violence. 
Muhammad Falah Abdallah Sihada, Hamas terrorist, was killed after murdering four Israelis, including two minors, by shooting them to death outside the Jewish community of Eli. That's similar violence. I want Again. all of our listeners to remember that when you read in the headlines about settler violence, remember what Mordechai Ben Menachem is reading to you. Okay. <laughs> Don't believe me. Go out and look for it. I mean, this is, this is public information. It's unbelievable. After 124 days of fighting in Gaza and the north, a total of 562 Israeli soldiers have died, including 373 warriors who died on the 7th of October. Even a single death is immensely tragic for the entire family. Don't mis- anyone mis- misunderstand that I'm trivializing death in any way, of course. And quite a few are entrepreneurs with employees who depend on them, so that every single death gravely affects many in many ways. But what we need to understand more than anything else is that, and I've said this in previous weeks, every commentator around the world who claims to have any knowledge of of military affairs, and speaking of people who are very senior. I mean, I, I've quoted, for instance, uh, Colonel McGregor, who I admire as a, a personally. But he was saying that there would be between 500 and 1,000 Israeli dead every week if we invaded. Every single one of these commenters has been proven totally wrong. Thank God. Totally. The, 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 the Israeli Defense Forces have been phenomenally successful at every level, including the ratio of civilians to fighters being killed. This is unprecedented in the history of warfare anywhere in the world at any time. There have never been so few civilians killed by the by the army as in this war. Never. Ever in any in any place in the world. This is also Remember, Israel's but, longest war. We've never fought a war so long since the Hakamata Medina, the, since the, the beginning longest, of the state. The second longest. The, the War of Independence. Was I just said since the since the the, the War of Independence. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I didn't hear that last part. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it, it, this is the longest war, and it's not, and it's by no means over. Oh I mean, yeah, right. Sadly, that is correct. Yeah. I mean, Israel's so, just waiting for the other shoe to drop, that the Hezbollah is going to make it so we can't uh, just keep this at a low boil. They're going to, that's what I believe is going to happen. But go I don't ahead. think so. I, I, don't think, I don't think that's the case. Really? I think that Hezbollah is, is being prevented by, by uh, Iran from actively entering the war. Hezbollah is Iran's forward line of defense. In other words, they are saving Hezbollah for when they are attacked directly. And unless they are attacked directly, they will not. They will not. In my guess, I mean, my personal opinion, mm-hmm. they will not allow Hezbollah to be destroyed. Well, interesting. Okay, we shall see. All right, keep going. Okay. Okay. So uh, 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 I, I want to mention just something. People aren't aware of this so much. People might have heard of the this company in China, Evergrande, uh, a building company, half a trillion dollars of Debt has been uh, um, uh, uh, um, uh, commanded to liquidate, ordered to liquidate by the courts, by a Hong Kong court. Um, a lot of uh, 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 capital is leaving China. Just in the past two months, $1.2 trillion have left China for Singapore. Bonds from the U.S. to, J- to Japan are sitting on real unrealized losses in their bond portfolios. U.S. federal re, federal government has its largest deficits as a percent of GDP outside World War II era. At this point, everyone should be aware of what's going on in the economy. I don't want to speak on this at length. We don't have the time, and this is not our purpose today. All I can say right now in terms of of uh, financial planning at an individual level, everybody should have today a plan B. And if you wish to base it on the national economy, what should one look for? An economy, an economic base based in commodities and technology with augmentation in food, either agricultural food or food tech, weapons, and either energy 
or broad diversification. And of course, if you're Jewish, you should base your economy, economic planning, at, at, at least at some level here in Israel. Israel, as amazing as this may sound to Amer many Americans because they're being fed nonsense by the American media, economically, even with the war, Israel's economy is much stronger than any European nation at all. Any European nation. Every single European nation. Remember, with all of the sanctions against Russia, Russia in 2020 to 2023 had a healthier economy than all seven G7 nations uh, in, in, in that grouping. The healthiest economy in Europe is Russia. As amazing as that may sound, with the war, with the sanctions, the healthiest economy in the, in the, in the entire area of what's called the OECD is Israel. And people just don't know that because they're not being allowed to access the information. And it's really crazy. So Evergrande is significant. It's a big thing. Half a trillion dollars in debt from one company with over 20 million apartments unfinished is not a trivial item. It will affect everybody at some time in some, at some level. People need to be aware of this. At, at very least, it will affect the price of steel, for instance, for, 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 for construction. This is a big deal. Okay, so we'll go to the last item. I, I, last item, I'm actually just reading something that somebody posted. I'm reading the post. So, a general by the name of Ido Halbani posted on X on, uh, on the 2nd of February. And I'm reading it, quote, The following tweet was published by a brother of an Israeli soldier returning from Gaza. My brother returned from Gaza and wanted to share what he saw. These are his words. I'm quoting from the quote, okay? What you see on social media is nothing. In every house in Gaza, there's evidence of support and involvement in terror by Palestinian civilians considered uninvolved. We found in homes rifles, combat knives, mines, missiles, Hamas symbols, pictures of Hamas leaders in the living room, tapes of terror events, children's games that teach to murder Jews, instructional books for terror. We found Nazi books, swastikas, certificates of appreciation for terrorists, inscriptions calling for the extermination of Jewish pigs, framed photos, framed pictures, pardon me, of dead IDF soldiers and pictures of weapons in children's rooms. In most of the houses, there are tunnels. Some have cellars storing weapons, and in some, we also found items belonging to the Israeli hostages. My brother noted, again, I'm uh, the, the quoting of the quote, although I was aware of some hatred of the Palestinians towards us, I couldn't have imagined seeing such massive support and encouragement for terrorism and the murder of Jews. It's hard for people to, be, to, to accept this bitter truth. There are no innocent civilians in Gaza who desire peace and a state. The Palestinians have only one goal in life, and that is to destroy the Jewish people. Close quote. Now I'm going to tell you something. That people hearing this, a lot of them are not going to believe you. And the reason is, is because they don't want to believe you. They want to live in a world where, no, if we just are nicer to them, to these evil, you know, ISIS people, if we just show them more love, then they're, they're going to change. They're going to be like this. It's because they believe, you know, but we just have to show them the right way. And it'll break uh, their uh, whole world. Comment, comment on what you're saying by quoting you? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> evil is something that we choose. Okay, there you said it. Very, very simple. So all of these people that make the, that kind of a comment, no, if we just be nice to them, kumbaya, they are choosing evil over good. There's no doubt there. There are 12,000 dead people on the 7th of October that witnessed that. You quoted about uh, 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 Nahal Oz. 
all of the, all three of those kibbutzim. Why were those specific places targeted in the Hamas in the uh, uh, documents carried by the Hamas people that were captured on the seventh and the eighth of October? It was documented that those were, settlements were the top priority of Hamas. Why? Why would the farthest left left people be the first priority for killing? Because there's one thing that these Islamists despise more than Jews. That is Jewish traitors. Wow. And that's not from me. That's 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 I've got I've I've heard that from over the years from many, many, many sources in Arabic. Hmm. Wow, powerful. It's not the first time they've done it. They always target these people first. Always. And finally, the people in Be'ari and in Ahalos, they're starting to wake up. When they don't have a choice, they wake up. Yeah, and uh, anybody who knows Hebrew, there is an amazing video that's been going on for the last uh, two or three weeks. It's, a, it's an interview with an Iranian expert. He's Iranian himself. And he's he's talking to a secular liberal Israeli he's not an Iranian himself he's a former Iranian he's a Jew who made Aliyah 20 years ago okay but you know he's whatever okay he's still Iranian he's an Iranian Jew that made Aliyah 20 years ago that moved to Israel 20 years ago but in any case he is brilliant and he is talking to this Israel, young Israeli man he's, I think he said he was 28 29 years old and he says, because you are a secular liberal, you will not win this war. And he starts explaining to him point by point how you have to, what you have to do in order to the win this war and what the Israeli establishment that is sold on this idea of purity of arms and, is, and uh, uh, liberal secularism, why it's losing the war, why Israel still hasn't won after four months of fighting, because we're not fighting the right way. And he totally destroys this young Israeli man who's in the heads of, we can't kill children. Why? Because you can't. But this child is your enemy. He's setting fire to your homes. He's uh, assisting Big Mohammed. Little Mohammed is coming with Big Mohammed. And he just does this whole thing. It's just amazing stuff. If you want to see this video, you can write me Tamar, T-A-M-A-R, at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. And I will send you a link to that video. I got it on WhatsApp. It's so I'm wondering. Brilliant. brilliant. So is, is so step by consistent. step, yes. Step it's, by step. It's I mean, it, brilliant. It, 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 it's just absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Right. So uh, I'll be happy to send you, but but it's in Hebrew. There's English translation, but the English translation is, I, I don't know what they did there. It's not right. It's not translated correctly. So I, I don't want to offer it to people who don't know Hebrew because it's going to totally mix you up. It, it's just, I don't, I don't know who did the translation. But in any case, if you know Hebrew, it's absolutely brilliant and you should share it with other people. And uh, with that, I want to uh, thank you, Dr. Mordechai Ben Menachem, for being with thank us you. and uh, tackling these topics because they are important and people need to understand. And uh, I, 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 I want to tell everybody that I, 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 I have mixed feelings. Number one, I'm thrilled that both of my sons who were fighting in Gaza are out for the meantime. Uh, they've been released. They're reservists. And because the Israeli economy has to run, people have jobs, they have families, etc. On the other hand, I, I want Israel to win this war. And I don't know if it's the right policy to be letting all of our soldiers out of Aza or not. I'm, I'm still undecided on that matter, but I would no, no, think no, that no, it's better make not that to. Mistake. Tomorrow. Tomorrow, don't make that mistake. They're not letting all the soldiers out of Gaza. No, They're not letting, all. The reservists. A portion of the reservists, and they're, and they're, and they're, they're, they're replacing them with... Uh, 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 the regular army, because the quantity is, is, that was needed at the beginning is no longer needed now. So they're still fighting in Han Yunus, the center of Hamas, and in Rafah, 
Okay. You don't need the same quantity for those small places we needed for the for the entire Gaza Strip. They just it needed much of the work. Okay, Dr. Mordechai Ben Menachem, thank you so much for being with us, and thank you everyone for being with us as well.